Rob Anybody and Dawn Show anytime at 888-989-9811. Got this email, uh, rad at radradio.com from Nicole. Hey, Nicole. And she says, I've always wondered what happens when Rob presses the commercial button. Do you guys continue laughing at, say, a dumb caller as an example? Does Rob press the button and everyone goes straight face and turns to their phone or their book or their food? I always thought it would be a mystery. I can't wait to watch beginning Monday. Yeah, Rad TV will launch on Monday for members uh, at members.radradio.com. In fact, uh, we've got like three dozen people in the beta that are all part of either the family or our inner circle or tech to you that are that have been watching for the last week and a half uh, that are that are helping us and giving us feedback. And in fact, we we have Dr. Patel from Granite Bay Allergy Yay! in the studio with us. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, Dawn came in and they started talking about some very personal <laughs> medical issues. And I, I pointed out to Dawn, I said, now you realize the, the three dozen people that may or may not have heard that conversation right now, that that's fine. But on Monday, it could be thousands of people that you're yeah. sharing these things yeah. with. Uh, so there will, and in fact, her other example, but we did jokes from the maggots. Um, uh, after after we got done, we went to commercial. As Dawn was walking out of the studio, I then I then explained in very graphic uh, fashion what the joke meant in yeah, a way that you can't my do on, favorite. on the air. So all those all those things will be available. Ooh, wait till you see what I do every commercial break. Uh, yeah, she's really leaves. interesting. Yeah. Leave the room. So yeah. interesting. Basically, yeah. uh, but there are those little highlights uh, like her like her sharing her next three months of uh, of, of medical uh, treatment. <laughs> uh, so, Doctor Patel, we're gonna throw you right into the deep end oh, here. Uh, we got a bunch of emails here. RAD at radradio.com. You can always call 888-989-9811. Let's start with the... Let's just kind of, this question leads us into the overall uh, description of, of what makes you different and what you're doing and how you do it in, in some ways. Dwayne wrote in and says, I've had allergies my whole life. Never mattered where I lived, with or without animals. I went through treatment... Uh, did five years of shots. It got better, but still had a horrible post-nasal drip. Then COVID hit, and they stopped doing the shots. Within a month, my allergies were back full bore. Any ideas? Now, is this that treatment? This is not the treatment that you do, right? That, well, what he's describing? Similar, similar. The, the, the big difference is that, uh, you know, depending on dosing, and it all got standardized up in, in 2011. Uh, essentially, people in the past where we say, you know, treatment failures, are not necessarily treatment failures. It's about dosing, right? So now that it's standardized, the dosing is you know anywhere from a hundred to a thousand times higher than it was before. So people who, you know, and typically we all say, oh, people in the past on the lower dose ones, um, they improved but never resolved. That's what and, I had, right? Yeah. yeah. Back in back in the ancient yeah. times in the, the late seventies <laughs> and the early eighties, when I was getting shots every week, that's what I was. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So you improve while you're on them. When you stop, within five years, you're kind of back to the way you were before. Uh, now with the standardized guidelines, as long as people guideline dose, uh, then then you you expect much better response, right? I mean, most people are symptom free, you know, within three to five years, and oh, and they they stay in like. In, in usually like a lifelong remission kind of a state. So when, if they get to symptom-free in three to five years in your system, they're, for the most, usually, that's it. They don't, yeah. they don't, now, if they move, they might experience some changes when they move because they might be surrounded by new things. Yeah, so the whole point, the whole uh, idea is immunotherapy. So it changes the way your immune system responds. So not only will it take care of the ones you have, but it also changes the way your immune system responds. So oh. let's say without therapy, um, maybe you develop like 10 allergies a year, right? Um, after immunotherapy, you may develop like two, one or two allergies a year. Oh, God. And, you know, That's if, if it takes, yeah, if it takes you like, <laughs> yeah, like a lifetime, let's say it takes you 20, 30 years to get, a, get to a place where 
you know, you want to get treatment. Well, you know, if you're back down to like almost none and then it takes another 10, 20 years, even if you move to a new area, you may develop some new allergies, but it'll never be significant enough that you need treatment for it. Now, when uh, if, when I'm when I start with the allergy thing, I'm always talking the traditional achoo allergies because we also have the food thing and all these other things. Yeah. But when we, when we stay with with the achoo, there's people like me who kind of have them year round because there's so many various things maybe. And then there's seasonal allergies that people notice a lot in the spring. But there's also a lot of people don't think there are actually winter allergies. Correct. 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 Yeah. The winter would be like mold, like you know, in California it's like the the rainy season, right? So in our rainy season, it's molds and then indoor things because you're indoors more, right? Dust mites and animals and mm, things like that. All that fun stuff. Yeah, mm. that lovely. Yeah. So when people <laughs> when people suddenly feel like they're 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 having these reactions in the wintertime, a lot of people they jump to, oh, I'm getting a cold. But then when they notice it happens every year, it could just be you're allergic to things that only pop up in the winter. And, and and you would be able to identify that and then treat them for that so that in future winters it wouldn't happen. Yeah, correct. I mean, colds you can easily tell. You know, if you have a fever or or sore throat that without itching, then it's more likely to be a cold, right? And they're self-limited. You know, colds are seven to ten days. Most people. Huh. The problem is though, I, I, we notice that people don't go to allergies a lot, right? They they I don't know if they want it to be a cold because it's more dramatic or you get more sympathy. Well, and a cold goes away. Right. Like he said, exactly. right? Yeah. And whereas allergies, they're with you unless you go to someone like Dr. Patel and then go through all the treatment. Well, and the thing is, and as I read through all these emails that we've been getting, it's like, I wonder how many people... Have, like Dawn, have have lived with these various things for years where, first of all, now Dawn was thinking she was allergic to animals, and it turns out it's not. Or, so the thing she was turning out is the opposite. You are allergic to animals. I, I, I for sure thought cats, but none of the others. I'm basically right. allergic to every animal. And then gluten, I thought I was... And it turned out yeah, not. Not at all. No, I'm not. I have zero food allergies. So there's that, and then there's the version where I think people are walking around uh, uncomfortable and they don't even give allergies a thought because they think only a chew allergy. Because there's so many emails that we get where we go, no, Patel could figure this out. I don't know how how you we convey that to people that if you've got a chronic problem, it may be something that's more in your line of work. Oh, easiest way I tell people is like, you know, oftentimes I hear people like, oh, you know, I have a bronchitis all the time. They're like, oh, I got bronchitis again. I'm like, oh, you know. Yeah, do you have an immune deficiency? Probably not. I mean, you can always look at that. But oftentimes, if you have something, again, that's more than a week or two long and it keeps happening, then it's most likely, you know, some kind of allergic bronchitis or, you know, there's other factors, but most commonly it's like an allergy and also i've got i've got to thank you for making me look like a hero because sometimes it's just a matter of finding the right doctor uh, uh, my friend al came to see you a few weeks ago and i know he's working through the program now for the testing but just by you changing he won't mind me saying he's got asthma you changed his inhaler it's night and day wow i mean he was he, he he's not an emotional guy and he was like almost emotional Aww. in his text to me that he can breathe and, and it, it, his life changed with that change of an inhaler just you identifying that i mean that's extraordinary yeah oh, I'm, no, glad, I'm glad yeah I mean, well, I mean when you get the news like i mean i didn't i never stopped having cats even though you know, they make my <laughs> eyes itch and everything in flames you know and it can get uncomfortable but to hear at some point you can overcome that the three to five years or whatever it is that's, that's such good news for animal lovers because there are so many people out I, I just i'm a glutton for punishment i'll just have the animals but there's so many people that don't well, you're not a gluten for punishment no <laughs> but there's so many people that won't because of it 
Uh, we got this email from uh, Michelle. She says, I got scratch tests done almost 10 years ago. What the hell is that? It's like a, like a percutaneous, meaning just like on top of the skin. Uh, that said I was allergic to everything but mold and roaches. And by everything, I mean dogs, cats, every tree, every weed, and all the grass that grows where I live. That means I've been getting multiple shots every month since then. My doctor seems to be content to keep going as we are. Is this normal? Should I ask him to test me again to see if this is doing anything? I still get congestion and have to take an over-the-counter allergy pill every few days on top of the shots. I'm not giving up my dogs or cats so they'd be bringing their issues with us. I'm just really getting sick of being a pin cushion and having to make sure I plan trips around shots so I don't have to go back on maintenance. Yeah, that goes back to exactly what you were saying uh, at the beginning of the show, right? Where you said, hey, a low dose versus high dose, guideline dosing versus um, more water, essentially, kind of a thing. So, you know, a lot of those people, I mean, I would say pretty much all of them have been, you know, non-guideline dose, but so if, you move up. If she were to come to you, would you start over? Would you just say, yeah, we need to start over. I'm going to first find out. I'm going to confirm what you're allergic to, and then we're going to go through my program. Yeah, we'd start. We'd look again just to make sure. But if she had an allergy to everything before, we could always use that too, right? I mean, if there were any gaps, we'd check those. But if it was everything, then, you know, we just treat it with everything again. But is, dose higher. Is a scratch test reliable enough that she got good results? Yeah. So usually we do scratch tests first. And then if you're an adult, we, we may do some intradermal testing. She's like, like TB tests if we need to. So uh, she is yeah. probably allergic to all this stuff. Yeah, yeah oh, she God. is. She probably just needs to be dosed. Uh, phone number is 888-989-9811. Hello, Charlie. Yeah, hey, anybody? Hey. Hi, Dr. Patel. Hey, how you doing? Um, I, you know, I was calling in today just because I had, uh, you know, obviously Dr. Patel's there. I, I, I had this really weird uh, allergy that, you know, I had been like 155 pounds my entire life, and I, I messed my leg up real bad, and I was bedridden for seven months. And during that period of time, I had developed uh, like a weird allergy to gluten. Um, I had also gained 113 pounds because I was unable to, like, be super mobile. And I had overheard Dawn saying that she'd always thought she was allergic to gluten. And this isn't me being a smartass in any way. I apologize for that. But <laughs> when I was overweight, I did have some kind of weird allergy to gluten. And I was wondering maybe if that's why Dawn, like, do you ever have, like, indigestion and heartburn after eating gluten? No, not anymore. It was all very mental. Like, I, like, like okay. I, I mentally had talked myself into that's what it is because I would break out and rash this or that, not realizing well, I was just dealing with the horse or a dog or an animal, <laughs> not putting the two together that that's what it was. Because the brain and doesn't I had work that way. mentally convinced myself, and the minute I knew I wasn't, no, I eat gluten all the time, and I have zero... Um, Indigestion, heartburn, anything. And this, this, I have no reaction. This this guy, Doctor Patel, it, 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 he could be he could be doing the same thing that Don was doing, where he thinks he's having a reaction to gluten, but it's actually something totally unrelated that he's not connecting the dots on. Yeah, I, uh, there's two different things. There's two schools of thought, right? So when people remove gluten from their diet, they're you know drastically changing their diet, right? So gluten's in fast food, it's in microwave meals, all that stuff, right? When you remove gluten, all of a sudden you're eating fresh food, you're eating a nice, good meal, good meat, good everything, you know? Is it really the lack of gluten or now you're eating a much healthier meal? And now all of a sudden you're eating healthier, you feel better, you're working out more, you're losing the weight there other factors that that really play a big role and in my perspective it's like i don't really care what you have to tell yourself to not you know to, to lose the weight and eat better if it takes 
hey, I'm, I'm gluten the problem. Okay, go for it. You know, but uh, if it's anything else, just you know, lifestyle. So, it, it, and in Dawn's example, was it turns out there is an allergy to animals. Right. The, I, yes. Okay. Similar, yeah. And you're going to treat that mm-hmm. when yeah. when it's time. Yep. There can also be the opposite too. People, right? Correct. People can think they're allergic to animals, but it's actually nothing to do with animals. Correct. Exactly. And that's the whole point of getting the test. Because we got this uh, email just now from uh, Araceli. She says, "What's the treatment for animal allergies if we don't want to get rid of our animals? We have three dogs and a cat. I think about all the people that have gotten rid of animals because they I think know. they were allergic to their pets. That's why I was saying earlier, like, and they I'm, weren't. I'm happy for like I play no I place no judgment that I've just continue to surround myself with animals because it can be a really hard thing for people i like was i'm excited that they can find out you actually don't have to get rid of your animals or you can go you you can finally after you have treatment get a dog right your whole life you haven't been able to so the steps there are first confirm what you're allergic to correct don't just assume that you're allergic to animals because you're sneezing every time you're around your pets and then there are there is a treat if 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 it's your you're alert like dawn's allergic to animals so you're going to treat her that can be treated over in the way that you're discussing. Oh, it's, it's funny. It's like, actually, I stopped telling people to get rid of animals now because, uh, you know, yeah. I, I love animals too. Yeah. So yeah. It's like, you know, what are you going to say? Oh, get rid of your child. Right. right. So, exactly. oh, yeah, get rid of your kid, you know, yeah. making your yeah. kids, making you type of stuffy nose. Right? Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. So, so, you know, I'm like, all right, yeah. textbooks say get rid of the animals, but that's not going to happen. So, we're like, right, we'll, we'll get around it. We'll, we'll change it so you don't have the allergy. Um, here's a classic. We talked about this the very first time you were on, uh, but it's always good to remind people. Elena wrote in, said, is there any truth to taking local bee pollen or honey to eventually prevent your allergies? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Quick answer is nope. And, you know, as, as we talked about before, you know, the, the, the pollen that Bees collect is non-allergenic. It's from uh, you know, animal pollinated plants and and, and flowering uh, trees, and the pollen that causes allergy is airborne, which is not what bees have. <laughs> yeah, that caused a lot. I mean, that, that helped make. Um, well, I can't even talk. It was less work now because I'd be on the hunt for like local, honey. <laughs> local honey, local honey, and sometimes it could be a, a pain in the booty, you know, unless you like find that person, and it's like, okay, well, now I don't have to. Now you just get the best now you tasting. Just get stuff. whatever stuff I yeah. yeah. If you're lucky enough to have like a friend that lives in Utah where they make the best oh. honey, you just have him buy it by the tub and Man. ship it to you. As, as a random example, yeah. no, honey, honey is good for a lot of yeah. stuff. And yeah. I think I told you before, like there have been some studies with that dementia and honey helping that, and honey has a lot of like, it actually. Honey is one of the few things that uh, was studied to find virus. You know, when you get a cold virus, we're, we're in viral season now, right? So the only two things that were shown to help were um, was honey and uh, herbal tea, right? You know, they looked at vitamin C, echinacea, um, zinc, all that stuff. None of that stuff made a difference. Except well, psychologically. And they added, added whiskey, right? <laughs> All right, a little yeah. bit of whiskey, a little shot. But is there, <laughs> We're not anti-honey on the show. <laughs> yeah. We no. like to just clear up yeah. there's no connection. Is there any truth so. then it's got to be like raw honey? Because that's all I'll buy now and am I just wasting money? Yeah, I don't know. The, the study was the, the studies that I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah. It was like a big what they call a Cochrane review, where they look at all the studies and they put them all together. Yeah. And on that, they found it's just honey and, and herbal tea. They didn't say what kind. What kind? Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. I think the, I think the last time you were on, we discussed a little bit that some there can be a connection right between the earwax buildup that people get and allergies or immune deficiencies. 
Earwax. If you have infections, recurrent infections, you can have irritation and more more okay. earwax. So uh, uh, Christina wrote in and wanted, and you, you, to the extent you want to explain what this is, it, she wants to know what you think about ear candling. Is it all hype or can it work for some people? No, I mean, I think as far as I know, I'm not like an expert in ear candling, but <laughs> I, I thought it was like, uh, isn't it like just melts yeah. the earwax, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, so I mean, I don't think it's any difference than... Uh, you know, putting eardrops in. It's an it's it's an extraction method. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't. Know, so you're not treating right. what's causing it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hello there, uh, Sarah. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I have a question. I started. I'm an adult. Forties started using cannabis about four years ago for PTSD. And um, I've noticed my. I've always had allergies. I've always had post nasal drip. I've always been kind of stuffed up all the time, but it's definitely gotten worse since I've used it. I don't always smoke. It's sometimes edibles and it still um, seems to affect. Do you guys test for cannabis allergies? So easiest way actually, um, so uh, most of the time what we do is called a prick to prick. So people just bring in the cannabis and we can test that against them. so interesting is there have been papers written in the last year about the uptake in asthma flares with people who live next to uh, uh, marijuana farms. Oh, wow. So what happens is it is very allergenic and twice a year because it, it actually you know pollinates twice a year, I guess, in a lot of flares and ER visits. So oh, Canada just recently legalized nationwide. So we expect hopefully in the next few years, maybe there'll be an extract that a company will produce. So in the U.S., unfortunately, because it's federally illegal, Boo. yeah, it, it <laughs> there's no yeah there's no company that can make the extract yeah. to, to to basically treat because then they would get shut down. So you can get local, but then year after year, there's no way to secure the same concentration, same everything to treat. But basically, the theory is all. Uh, you know, sublingual drops or, you know, allergy shots basically would desensitize you to it. And we have a lot of patients who, you know, when they have their own farm or they have their own uh, um, plants in their house or in their backyard, you know, we say, hey, during during the during the season or when it's going to pollinate, you have to keep everything shut, run air purifiers, do all that. And as far as your case is, anything inhalation is bad. Um, you know, edibles cannot cause allergy. In fact, it can do the opposite, right? It can actually help desensitize you in a way to that. So, Hello there, uh, Frank. Go ahead. Hi. So my uh, wife and I, uh, she's actually taking her allergy shots right now um, for the last couple months. And I have a question as far as we want to try and have another kid, uh, hopefully soon. But we want to know when it's safe. And we spoke with her allergy doctor a little bit. But is it safe to start trying while she's on her highest dosage or when she reaches her, I would guess, the minimal stage where they just do it? once every other week? Yeah, so this is a very common question and well studied in terms of once you get pregnant, they keep you at the same dose. Uh, That becomes your maintenance dose. If you're at the full dose, you know, once a month, then they'll just keep you at that. If you haven't reached that yet, they basically hold you until you deliver. And then once you deliver, then uh, you're fine. So the shot itself is actually not real medicine, right? It's the same things you're allergic to, you know, injected under your skin, that way you build up an immunity to it. Uh, the risk with pregnancy is like, if you have a reaction, then you have to treat that with epinephrine, which can decrease blood flow to the placenta, right? Oh. So that's mm. what the theoretical risk is. So when you stay at the same dose, the risk of reaction is extremely low. And, and that's why they, um, they say it's safe to do continue. So then you just kind of make up 
after you, uh, you deliver. Talking with uh, Dr. Patel from GranitBayAllergy.com. Uh, we got this email from Na. Hi, Na. She says, I am wondering how are eczema, rosacea, and psoriasis similar and different? Are they all related to allergies? I'm asking because I have all three. Whoa. And a dermatologist has given me three different medications for them. I'm wondering if there is a more simple way to reduce all three different issues at the same time. So rosacea and psoriasis are more on the autoimmune side and they're not uh, allergy related at all. Um, usually rosacea, I mean, uh, psoriasis and eczema are kind of opposites, right? Uh, it gets more complicated, but the, the part of your immune system that skews between, it's called TH1 and TH2. TH2 is more the allergy side and TH1 is more on the non-allergy side. And basically what happens is when you skew one way or the other, um, your immune system does one or the other. So it's very rare to have both. So she won the jackpot yeah. to have all three. You're yeah. special. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. only eczema Dang. is the other side. Exactly. Is what you deal with. Yeah, eczema oh. is, is completely oh. allergy. Allergy shots and immunotherapy is a known treatment. You know, again, eczema is topical, treat the symptoms or get rid of the cause, which is which are the allergens. So that, that you could help with yeah. over time. The other two, yeah. she's going to have. The other two, yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe it'll feel better with just yeah. the two. God. Yeah. Uh, we got this from uh, Meg. Hi, Meg. Shut up, Meg. Says I was, uh, <laughs> I was diagnosed with celiac disease two years ago. Are there any treatment options for someone like me who desperately loves and misses scotch whiskey and donuts but can no longer partake without horrible consequences? Unfortunately, no. For, for celiac disease, you have to avoid all gluten whatsoever. And that presumes that she was diagnosed correctly. Correct. Exactly. Not, not some doctor just saying, yeah, you got celiac. Because yeah. there is an actual test. Yeah, there's, there's a blood test if you eat it, and then the gold standard is biopsy. Because we, we have endless people walking around this country saying they have celiac disease. Yeah. They've never even been uh, tested for it. Exactly. Yeah, one of my girlfriends, she was tested for it, and yeah, she has it bad, and yeah, I, I, I'm I hearing what she's saying in the sense of like, there are times I've made cupcakes and there'll be three different flavors, and she's like, which one's going to be worth it for me to be spending like all that time in the bathroom? Because I guess oh. it's pretty painful if you go ahead and eat it. Uh, we got this uh, email from Randy. Says, I believe I have an allergy to alcohol. My face gets red around my eyes, sides of my nose, down my neck, and under my chin. It's warm to the touch and itchy. It happens with all alcohol, but it doesn't happen all the time. This could be a dosage issue. <laughs> Other than the obvious, what do you suggest I do? I don't drink often, but on the occasion that I do, it's uncomfortable, and everyone can see that there is a reaction of some sort happening. So, couple of things I think we talked about before, but one, it could be a sulfite thing, you know, again, actually funny thing you're joking about it, but it's, it is dose dependent, all right? If it's a sulfite sensitivity or, you know, if he has asthma, if he has polyps, there could be something called AERD, uh, which is aspirin, exacerbated respiratory disease, in which case you can actually desensitize to aspirin to get rid of the alcohol issue too. So. You can plan on the question of alcohol related problems coming up every time you're on this show. I'm just warning you. And, and now that the marijuana thing's out of the bag, that's that's oh, going to keep coming up. <laughs> Do you find it yet? Hello, Hillary. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Hi there. Um, good I was morning. calling because my uh, four-year-old daughter was recently diagnosed with alopecia, and it is progressing, like, really, really fast. And I'm just wondering if there's anything that we can do besides the steroids and the Rogaine um, to try and look at it. I know that celiac sometimes is affiliated with it. It doesn't 
seem like she has celiac, but I didn't know if there's anything else that we can look into. Now, uh, alopecia ends up, you know, it's really unknown exactly why it happens, you know, more, probably more on the side of autoimmune, but, you know, a lot of kids do outgrow it, so it depends on, you know, is it universalis, is it like uh, areata, what kind of alopecia it is, too. Uh, we so, got yeah. this one from Mick. Hi, Mick. says, I've been struggling with EOE for almost 20 years. I've been tested several times and each time have a huge reaction to wheat. Basically, my only options are to avoid all things wheat and that sucks. Yeah, so EOE is, is eosinophilic esophagitis. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I knew that. Basically, I know. It's like common knowledge, right? No. So it's basically like an asthma of the esophagus. So there's lots oh. of treatment. So uh, no. oh, the, the thing about that is uh, where I train, University of Pennsylvania, is um, one of the best EOE places in the world. So we, we actually did a lot of studies on this and essentially wrote part of the textbook for EOE. There's immunotherapy helps, no, there's topical you. things, there's, <laughs> there's actually a lot that EOE, there's a lot of treatment things. And it's like a hot topic right now in the last, you know, in the last 10 years where there's a lot more now that we know and do that we couldn't do before. And every year it changes. Like, you know, I'll see someone now and then I'll see him again next year. I'm like, oh, well, you know, things we talked about last year, well, there's more now we can do and there's more things to get rid of it. And so he's he's not destined to never eat wheat again. There's oh, there, all sorts there's, of things that he could oh, try. Lots of things. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Granitepayology.com, dude. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is from Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Curious what the doctor would say about an allergy to shrimp, not seafood. I can eat anything else that comes from the sea, but I get hives the size of quarters all over my head, arms, and torso, but not my legs when I eat only shrimp. Wow. Well, it would depend. Like, is it just shrimp? Like, what about other crustaceans, too? So, uh, when it comes to seafood allergies, three groups. There's fin fish, which is regular fish, and there's crustaceans and mollusks. Typically, people have an allergy to one group and not all groups. And, and then also, remember, if it's adult onset, then I, again, question whether you even have the allergy. That, that, that syndrome we talked about before, which is dust mite crustacean mollusk syndrome, where if you're really allergic to dust mites, the protein called tropomycin is found in seafood and uh, shellfish, and primarily it's in shrimp is the highest concentration, followed by crab, followed by uh, lobster. But then if that's, again, dose-dependent, and it depends on how much exposure she's had to dust and things like that. I wonder if it's jumbo shrimp that's giving her the problem, because she might be allergic to oxymorons. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, we got this note from Jesse. <laughs> says, when I eat spicy foods, I get a few small bumps in front of my tonsils that if I push on them, they will pop. What? Yum. What? And then Jesse says, what the hell is that? Oh, yeah, no kidding. no, that would freak me out. Well, we'd have to investigate way more than that. <laughs> what, but. you can't <laughs> on that? I'm like a bumpitis. No, oh, my bumpitis. God, in the meantime, <laughs> stop eating it. And, and stop push. Wouldn't we say stop pushing uh, on the bumps, too, by the tonsils and making them burst? <laughs> well, yeah, it could be a spy, you know, a spice. You can test for spices oh. and things like that. Oh, so. I thought he was a spider. Oh, oh yeah. my <laughs> God. Like it couldn't be like a condition that he has that's triggered by the spicy food, maybe? Could be, or it could be the spicy food. Some spices can cause uh, allergies, too. So it all depends. <laughs> uh, Samantha says, for the last three years, I've been getting red, raised, itchy bumps only on my elbows. 
It lasts for about a week, then goes away for months before it happens again. What could this be, and what can I put on it or do to stop the itch and make it go away? That's important. <laughs> so that one, it could be like something called pressure urticaria, or it could be eczema, um, or an irritant dermatitis, irritant contact dermatitis. Elbows, lots of friction. You touch a lot of things, pushes on things. And you can get all this in just localized spots like Yeah, just localized spots, depending on what she, what, where it's exposed, what is exposed to, what she's doing, things like that. And so we start with getting getting in there, see you, get evaluated, start the testing if necessary, and then figure out how to treat it. Yeah, and I mean, you can, she could always try antihistamines at home and see if that makes a difference. And if it does, then it may be more likely to be on the, on the contact or the inducible urtic areas. Uh, insurance plans accepted, self-referrals accepted. You can make your appointment online at grantofallergy.com. Dr. Patel, you're amazing. Thank you for coming in again. Well, thank you for having uh, me. We will have you back because we always get follow-up questions. And then they when's he coming back? When's he coming back? Uh, and until then, it's grantofallergy.com. Rob, anybody, and Dawn. The Rob, anybody, and Dawn Show.